It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We continue our coverage of the war and related matters, bringing in our great friend, Senator Kevin Kramer from North Dakota. Thank you, Senator Kramer. Uh, I want to relate, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I had Senator Joni Ernst on the Mm. TV show yesterday. She got back from... uh, from the Middle East, met with MBS in Saudi Arabia and many mm-hmm. others. It was a bipartisan uh, yes. group. So my question to her and my question to you, the sanctions, business sanctions, banking sanctions, and especially the oil sanctions, have yes. been relaxed if not broken. The numbers have mounted up. I mean, there could be $100 billion worth of oil sales for all we know. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Is it possible, Senator, can you get a bipartisan Senate group together to, I don't know, re-legislate or re-mandate maximum sanctions uh, on Iran, who are, of course, the paymasters and the plotters and the controllers of Hamas and the other groups? Can that, is that realistic? It's absolutely realistic, Larry. And but but I think the moment is now. And when I say now, I mean like this week when we're, when the, you know, the Senate's back in session um, Monday night. We have to do it while people's memories are fresh. As you know, we've become a very uh, short attention span society in America today. And uh, now is the time to strike on exactly that. It's interesting you bring up, of course. And, but not surprising, the fact that oil sanctions are a big part of the revenue stream, the relaxation. So you said relax or outright broken. Besides relaxing and breaking the, the sanctions on, on the transfer of oil, you also have just basic cheating going on. So even if, if you're so-called enforcing these sanctions, between Iran and, and some of their allies, particularly China, you, you have sort of an underground system where, where they, they avoid the dollar, they avoid shipping lanes, they avoid um, flagships, they avoid states, you know, the big state-owned um, refineries. And so there are lots of areas uh, where we can look to enforce. So to your point, yes, I think this is the week to have the discussion. My team's already putting together a sanctions package. There are other teams that have been as well in anticipation of, of getting back on Monday and uh, working through the various committees and finding co-sponsors. And, and But this is a very, I think, in the Senate at least, a very bipartisan issue that has a lot of momentum and we ought to strike. Because, Larry, one of the things, again, we use the term, you use the term, relax. Presidents have a lot of authority to relax. Remember, the, the, and the Secretary of State, by the way, has a lot of waiver authority when it comes to sanctions. So the first thing we have to do is just slap them all about the head and shoulders and say, stop, stop. We meant it when we did it. We meant it when we said it. It was effective when, when Donald Trump was president. Get back to it. And uh, similar you know, at the southern border, lot, lots of areas where presidents have a lot of authority. So there's that. But then, but then issuing more sanctions. But here's the real key to me. That is to get our allies involved as well. You talk a lot about secondary sanctions. My friend Pat Toomey, when he was the ranking Republican on the Banking Committee, when when the Iran or when the Russian invasion of Ukraine first started, he kept saying and and harping on the fact 
rightfully, we're not doing enough to sanction Russia. We, we sanction a few of the big banks, their primary sanctions, but we're not getting into the secondary sanctions. The, the world is splitting up between freedom-loving people and, and uh, totalitarians. We have got to get the freedom-loving countries in line and, and flex our muscle collectively. Yeah, I mean, look at the primary sanctions. So J.P. Morgan cannot finance oil sales. All right, I got that. Or yep. let's say ExxonMobil cannot do oil business with Iran. That's primary sanctions, United States yes. companies. Secondary sanctions are third parties, wherever they may be. They could mm-hmm. be in Europe. They could be China, for example, etc. And the same thing holds for Ukraine. We have the authority to keep third parties out of the dollar system. And over 90% of the global transactions, according to the Bank for International Settlements, over 90% of these transactions are in dollars. You have the Federal Reserve wire, you have the New York clearinghouse banks. We can keep them out, but we have to keep them out. And that's all been relaxed. The other point is what Mitch McConnell wrote. I mean, in his op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, you know, why have we stopped impounding shipping vessels? All right, why have we not denied Iranian planes overflight rights? Why have we not closed Iranian banks with access to the West? Why have we not stopped Iranian operations of European businesses? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, good for Mitch McConnell. That's the kind of stuff you need. That's That's the kind of stuff you need. No, that's exactly right, Larry. And, And now... Let's just flesh this out a little further, because you have a very sophisticated audience, I know. Um, it's not like all of those actions are without some risk. I mean, while 90% of global transactions go through you know, the, the dollar and through, through U.S. channels, mainly the Fed wire, obviously. But So in, in some respects, if you enforce that to its ultimate, you sort of drive them to black markets. You drive them into these other more bilateral relationships. That's fine. But then Mitch makes this very great point that you just alluded to, and I alluded to it earlier, that the, the role of, of uh, foreign oil-carrying ghost armadas, as they're called, the, mm. these flagships where they switch the flag. Panama's famous for this. Mm. I think that's where we really have to enforce. And this this is – remember, much, much of um, – when you go pre-Bakken, pre-fracking, you know, pre, pre – Donald Trump, frankly, when when we were way more dependent on foreign oil, the the issue of of guarding the straits, of, for for example, Hormuz was was that was a eighty billion dollar um, national defense cost. Mm. Well, you know what? There's a cost to this, and 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 I think the cost of of enforcing these kinds of sanctions, enforcing the flagships issue, making sure that these teapot. Uh, that's another whole thing in, in in China. They have these what are called teapot refineries. They're small, semi-independent refineries that sort of you know buy under the radar. You know, probably account for sixty, seventy billion, fifty billion at least dollars in mm-hmm. in uh, oil sales from Iran. Um, granted, they buy it at a discount, but nonetheless, it still uh, you know still adds up to tens of billions of dollars of money for Iran, where they skirt uh, some of those sanctions. So it's it's going to take an all of government approach. But also remember, in the process of doing this, the risk I, I talk about is hmm, China, big consumer of American products, right? And I'm all about. I'm all about decoupling from China, strategic decoupling, as, as our friend Bob Lighthizer calls it. Mm-hmm. I'm all about doing that, but we also have to do that carefully to make sure we don't cut off our nose to spite our face. Well, okay, but 
you know. Yeah, I'm is, with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, this is based on the Iranian emergency yes. and helping Israel. This yep. is a fight for yep. their life. I mean, we got to do mm-hmm. something. Uh, well, and if we don't, Larry, by the way, if we don't do something, as you say, and do something big and bold, there's we're just one more government away from another government doing this. I mean, right. Xi Jinping, Kim Jong-un, they're look, licking their chops watching this weak president operate. Well, that's the thing. You know, that's just, and it just drives me crazy uh, to hear this guy, Kirby, give excuses and uh, yeah. what's his name, the National Security Advisor, give excuses. Jake Sullivan and Blinken yes. give excuses. Um, Yellen gave a press conference. I don't know where the hell she was, someplace over She's the worst of them, yeah. Yes, on Wednesday, she said, no, we haven't relaxed the sanctions. Well, then how'd, you, how'd they get all this money? They were practically <laughs> flat broke at the end of 2020, and now they're sitting on $70 billion some out of foreign exchange reserves. Where'd that come from? Was this immaculate conception of foreign exchange reserves? No, they're trading oil. Everybody knows that, and they Everybody won't acknowledge it. Jack and we've was lit- just on. We, they have to be held responsible and accountable. So, so Janet Yellen is is she can lie blatantly into a camera, and I don't know if she doesn't know she's lying, if she's really not that well informed, or if she's that committed to to the things that she says. But, but Anthony Blinken had to had to issue a waiver. He issued an yes. official waiver for yes. for the for this latest sanctions to occur. I mean, to be waived. It, it, so it's not like don't apologize for it if you're doing it admit it if it's a mistake then apologize for it admit that it was a mistake but for crying out loud don't say you didn't do it yes sir kevin senator kevin kramer from the great state of north dakota thank you sir appreciate it very very much folks we need more domestic oil production not more yes well let's go to 15 million barrels a day then we won't have to worry about this stuff anyway now we're talking now we're talking all right thanks (laughs) take care senator kevin kramer next up folks after a quick break alex marlowe editor-in-chief of breitbart news and his new book and he's got some thoughts about biden's foreign policy i'm kudlow we'll be right back 